Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane. And as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. Bit weird this week. It's a daytime pot. Yeah, no. I think I think we've done this once before, Ella. It's always always at nine. Yeah, I've gone full on hermit mode. I've uh, got things to do and going away, so I wanted to get this out of the road so I could skedaddle down to the beach. Because well, you're an absolute idiot who thought your thesis was due this week, and then you've realised you have an extra. No, three let's weeks. be honest. <laughs> it's such a Rory okay thing to do. I love that so much. Just, I would have been. Who else doing, but you? I would have been doing this anyway, and I decided to stick to my guns and still try and finish in the same time frame. Yeah. But no, I applied for a sixty day extension. I. Applied for, yeah, 60 days. I got granted 60 days, so I put it in my calendar 60 days later. It was 60 business days, which makes the amount amount I asked for seem even more, like, extravagant, given I got told (laughs) I was no way a chance of getting 60 normal days. At least that makes your mistake a little bit more understandable. Uh, So, have you heard the big news out of this week, Banjo? A lot happened in footage. I've heard a lot of big news, but I'm not sure exactly what the big news is. What's the big news? You know the big news. I'm not sure I do. Maxwell Gorn leading the coaches' votes. Oh, no. He shot number that. one, mate. I was unaware of that. Oh, well, we later on we'll be doing some apologies, so maybe we can throw in an extra one to Sam McClure. But let's also yeah. talk about <laughs> yeah, the real yeah. story that uh, Sean Higgins is fifth and sneaking along. Fifth. Only five votes behind. He's coming. Mate, I, I honestly didn't even get he down was that the far. Gym. I see number one, Max Gorn, and that's about all you care about. <laughs> and then you send it to me. <laughs> Uh, no, Sean Higgins, June MVP of the uh, competition, according to the players. So, you know, just coming, just coming. It is a bit weird, actually. We've both got a player up. Like, we both have a player for our team who's like, it's not impossible for them to win the Brownlow. That, that's no, very odd. Melbourne and North, North had one was when Goldstein did it, but that was his first year of being dominant, so he was never going to do it. I think that'll be what happens with Higgins. Although, being a midfielder that's blonde and really sexy might get him over the line. Over that hump, but Gorn's been good for a while, so he's a real chance. And, and the last time uh, Melbourne had someone in it was uh, Shane well, Warren in 2000, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's pretty good. Wasn't Cameron Bruce like second favourite once? Didn't you have, didn't you have oh, maybe. Yeah, no, I Cameron Bruce was a good player. I know he was, he was but player. he was second favourite in the Brownlow in like 2006 or yeah. something, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was no Woden. <laughs> he's no Woden. Wasn't no. blonde enough. Anyway, let's move on to uh, everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. Uh, the title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. It, it was a bit of a polarising round, this one. Every game was either really interesting... Or completely gold jacket, green jacket. Yeah, it was an odd one. It was an odd one. Um, Perhaps that's just. There was a lot of football that you didn't need to watch, um, but I think we did because neither of us. Well, I was procrastinating, and you don't have anything to do with your life anymore. So we can be informed. Exactly, but there were also a lot of games which you did need to watch. So it it was a weird round. But anyway, one vote. uh, Port defeated St Kilda by thirty six points. Look, Port just did what they needed to do there. I'm telling you, they are a red hot chance for top two. I, I don't reckon it would be a bad bet to put on them to make the grand final. Well, if they make top two, they're going to be bloody tough to beat. Exactly. Any interstate side that finishes top two is a good bet to play in the grand final. Mm-hmm. So if you see that coming, it's always a good bet to make. They're they're still not quite as impressive as I feel like they should be. I look at their list, I look at their performances, but then when I watch them, it just doesn't seem to be as dynamic as I think it should be. Like, beating St. Kilda by six goals, I know, it's not quite what I thought would happen. They never seem to... They don't seem to be smashing sides anymore. I think they've created a baseline now, though. Like, they have foundations which they play pretty much every week, and they play consistently like that, and then they're now just getting little glimpses from Robbie Gray or from Wingard or whoever, just to just give them that little bit of spark occasionally. But they're more consistent than they've ever been, and they they have beaten the best teams. Yeah, they've performed very well against the better sides, which... No one else but really Richmond can say. So they're as good a chance as anybody. St Kilda, their season's been disappointing for so long, but this wasn't a particularly poor performance from them. Coming off a couple of good wins. Their second half of the year is looking like it'll be a lot more promising than the dumpster fire that their first half was. So I've heard Nathan Freeman's got a debut this week. Okay. Uh, So. There is That's a, a debut, isn't he? he yeah, he's played never played How, how long is he in the system for now? At least four or five years. I remember there were a lot of Melbourne supporters who were furious when you get him at the time. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's was he the story. same draft as Ahern? Possibly. He's in his fourth year in the system. Yeah. 
I think he was either that or the same. Yeah, he's been in for or a long longer time. Or something. And I think he has a lot of talent. But, yeah. yeah. And he, he's been able to get on the path for one game <laughs> here and there and just does another hamstring. I really hope he, we get to see what he does. Yeah, but yeah, they look... St Kilda have separated themselves from the complete basket cases. Oh, yeah. They're not as bad as Gold Coast and Carlton. We, yeah. we know that for a fact <laughs> This week has actually been... Oh, the last couple of weeks has been really about separation from Gold Coast and yeah, Carlton. We, we, we finally figured out who the true basket cases are. But anyway, uh, moving on. This is... This is a bit of a funny one. The two and three votes are our two teams. But uh, two votes, Melbourne defeated Frio by 54 points. Look, I'm just going to call you out and you have blatant bias of putting yourselves at two votes, not three votes. But we'll leave it there. Go on. What's your explanation? <laughs> no, it was a little bit. It was a wacky game. It was a really wacky game. I, I, I kind of... Whenever we play in the top end, I kind of brace myself for being, this is going to be a frustrating game of footy. Like, we're going to watch it. The skills aren't going to be good. The players are going to be exhausted. It's going to be weird to watch. I didn't quite brace myself for it this time. And God, I got frustrated. <laughs> a, night, a night game in the top end just seems like a bad idea. In the same way that... Would that be like, worse than a day game? It'd be more moist. Yeah, more, I guess Like, it the would. dew and stuff would be yeah. terrible. It, it's as bad, or not as bad, but nearly as bad as playing a game in Cairns in... Mid-March. Yeah, it, like, and it, it would be bloody tough. Like, they say it's like wet weather footing in yeah. terms of the moisture and all of that. And then on top of that, you're, you're absolutely exhausted. Yeah. Um, so it was a frustrating game to watch. We probably should have won by 100 points. Like, it, 78 to 28 inside 50. Yeah. It, was, it was astonishing, really. It, as a Melbourne supporter, the frustration is that we were still bloody good at the one thing we have been good at all year. Goodwin yeah. said he was happy with the defence, but like, I don't think Frio really... Well, they don't, don't test your weapons, defense yeah. at all. Like, I, 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 it didn't feel like that. It just felt like we just took the piss yeah. out of the midfield, and that was it. Yeah, especially with that fight. They're not really going to give you a real solid punch, are they? They, no. they? They've got no real weapons that stand out. They've got some good players in Mundy and Walters and the Hill brothers, yeah, but yeah. they're not enough to put you on the ground mm-hmm. and really make you stand up. Yeah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Frio's end of the season is going to be tough to watch with five weeks of no five yeah yeah which is a shame because they have shown some signs and i i I still think they've got a pretty pretty good future ahead of them yeah their young kids look solid and some of their older players have been good warriors for a long time but they've only got a few actual prime players yeah and they're going to need to fill that gap because i don't think they're going to get anything anywhere by before sanderlands and Mundy and Johnson and all those guys retired. Mm-hmm. And just which is just quick final thing on Melbourne. I was absolutely stoked with our wins. I was stoked with getting a small forward line in there, which we like it's retarded we've taken this long to get to that. And also stoked Frost should have been in the week mm. Lever went out. It's ridiculous we've waited this long on it. I reckon there's a bit of arrogance in selection, I think, that they just they don't want to do the obvious thing. That, yeah. That's kind of what's what's annoying me. Trying to be too smart um, by half. But look, jury's still out on it. Garlic was a tick. Mm. Uh, Spargo was okay. Like every Frost did all right in the game, which she just wasn't tested at yeah. all. So I, I don't know if it really did work or not, and we'll we'll find out over the next few weeks. Yeah, let's move on then. Moving on, uh, we are back. We are back. It is. So, I'm so happy. This segment is back in its rightful place. I reckon it's been since about round five. Four, I think you gave it. We would be Carlton. <laughs> I just, think that might have been the it last. It just brings one. joy to my heart to be able to say. North defeated Gold Coast by 37 points. So to North Melbourne we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? To North Melbourne we say. It's, it's not yeah, Gold no, Coast at all. They didn't no, contribute no, no, at no. all. There's only one irrelevant club out of those two, <laughs> North Melbourne and Gold Coast. Oh, and when, everyone knows who it is. When your barbs are so misguided, they don't even hurt. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of uh, the story of this game, it's fairly similar to the story of your game. Arrogant selection. We didn't have a second tall forward, which... Oh, we were just too predictable going inside 50 going to Ben Brown because of it. Mate, who was a, out from you? Wait and Mason Wood. We don't have a we didn't have a second tall. Okay. Is Mason Wood at all? Oh, he plays as one when we okay. don't have another okay. one. He's 193 centimeters. Yeah, which always shocks me. He's I mean, big, <laughs> you tell me this is like his first year. He's bigger than Jack Darling. <laughs> he looks like a midfielder. <laughs> yeah, and he moves like a midfielder yeah. too, which doesn't help. But he was out. Wade's been out for a while. Apparently, he's one or two weeks away. So that's good news for us. But we just didn't have a second target. And Zebra was trying to play a wrestling game with Stephen May, which is just not <laughs> not his go at all. No, no, so it's not going to work. After. That it was just Ben Brown as a viable target going. Wait, 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 wait. You put Majak forward. Yeah, that was what turned the game later. Okay. Just okay. let me get all there. Right, but right, we right. also had a similar 
uh, wasteful inside 50 dominance. We had 67 to 33 or something. That's not no, quite. That's <laughs> nowhere near as massive as ours, but yeah. It's pretty massive. <laughs> oh, yours is... Wait, 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 this is like 30. Ours is 50. Huh? Yeah, oh. whatever. <laughs> Ours was a, bad, a fair bit bigger than Whatever. But yeah, it was a... Um, and we should have won by more. It was, it was a very lazy performance. We never got out of first gear. There's not much to say. You've done a little bit of that all year. You've always... You've, you've competed against teams around you, but against bottom teams, you haven't put a lot of them away. No, we haven't. We've only really had a real crack at... We beat Carlton by 80 points. We beat... St Kilda and Brisbane by 50 they're our biggest wins okay. and they're not insignificant but we've had a lot of like we beat Freo by 5 goals we, yeah. did, we didn't put away a lot of those sides and, and that's why our percentage is a little bit and back. percentage is going to be important there's about yeah. 4 or 5 teams that look like they'll finish on about the same amount of wins yeah, so. we've got a tough 3 weeks that will probably decide our fate I look forward to it <laughs> but let's move on there's not much to say about that game at all no there's a reason why it was 3 votes and Jeez, it was good to say it. <laughs> well, let's get back to the significant football again. Geelong defeated Sydney by 12 points in what was a very flattering margin to Sydney. Extremely flattering. The last couple of weeks, Sydney, they're not even looking like... After last week, I was thinking, like, you know, they're really good, but they're not quite there. The yeah. last two weeks, they've played like a team who are not even that good, like sort of back end of the eight sort of standard. Yeah, Geelong didn't play particularly well. In fact, they played pretty poorly in the most important aspect of the game and still won comfortably in the end. They were ahead for the entire last quarter and Sydney never fired a shot. The last quarter was astonishing to watch. It, w- it was incredible how dominant Geelong were and they were just they just could not kick a goal. Mm. And then Sydney would just get down the other end and kick one and he'd be like, how the hell? All, for four quarters, you're like, how the hell are mm. they in this game? They got flopped. Yeah, at one point, very late in the last quarter, it was... Geelong had had 18 more scoring shots for an 18-point lead. Exactly. That's absurd. That, that, that is the worst possible outcome from that scenario. Yeah, and, and we said the previous week was said Sydney kicked 11 goals one. Yeah. So they're getting pretty badly beaten, and they're getting badly beaten in the area which they're meant to be good, which is in the midfield, and it's had the contested ball. They're yeah. Getting, they're getting flogged. It'll be interesting to see. They've got <coughs> us next week. They've got a very tough run home. It's a lot of people in and around the eight. It'll be really interesting to see whether or not... Because Geelong do play well against sides that are pretty good. Their, their record against the top half of the ladder is as good as it is yeah, against okay. the bottom they half of the ladder. Yeah, up against the lower team. Yeah, and so that's been a real consistent thing. But Sydney normally have Geelong's measure, and the fact that they didn't so dramatically, you wonder if it's a real sign of a drop-off. Yeah, they, they, they play pretty similar styles, the two teams. It's yeah. uh, both quite defensive, both uh, set up quite quite sort of deep in their defence mm. and it was a really just like yeah a midfield battle and Geelong yeah. just beat them at their own game which is which is worrying absolutely worrying yeah I've, the only thing they should get Heaney back but they've lost Hanabry, Jack and McVeigh this week so yeah as well yeah. You, you have to wonder about if that injury t- will start to take a toll on I'll, I'll, be, I'll be surprised if they finish top four looking at their draw. I'll be shocked if they finish top four. Yeah. And then I'll be like, that's where my Kane Corns call actually <laughs> You said they wouldn't make top eight, though. I think they're going to make top eight. After you're bullied. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not sure in to make the top eight. Fully of your own volition. No, they're not. They're not, actually. We'll move. Do you have anything else to say on that? Not particularly. What about the Ablett has an improved Geelong talk that keeps starting to come out? Is that coming out again? It came out again. He had his third quiet game for the year. <laughs> I get where that call comes from. I get the logic behind it, but I feel like it's one of those things which is you see a bit of logic and then a media person wants to run with it because they know it'll create a headline yeah. rather than actually believing it. Like it's, it's a bit of a cane corn sort of thing. Like yeah, they, just, they just want to hype it a bit just to get a bit of media story around it so they can make a headline. Yeah, like I think it's probably true in a lot of areas, but I don't think because he's gone there is the reason they haven't improved. I think there's been a lot of alternative factors that have sort of crept into that. Menzel being out and not having a second forward target. Yep. The, the fact that they haven't improved in the ruck at all, so they've still got such a massive deficiency in the midfield. But do you like, think, I think there's a range of factors that have really hurt them. Do you think Dangerfield has been spending time forward because he has been pushed out of the midfield by Ablett, or do you think he's injured? Uh, I lean towards being injured. Yeah, so I, I would I. be shocked if he's he's the best midfielder they've got. Yeah, you don't replace the 
you don't replace the best midfield you've got with a very good midfielder to. But yeah, like, there's no logic to that. Just because the, 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 the only logic is, I think, I that Dangerfield's the best. That they yeah. only have an amount. They only have enough in that midfield for three of Selwood, Ablett, and two of Selwood, Ablett, and Dangerfield. Yeah. and they think Dangerfield is the best forward option. That, yeah, that's the, the argument. I, I disagree. With yeah. I think Ablett's the best forward option. But. Yeah, true. The only other part of it is Dangerfield can play as a bigger forward, and without Menzel, they don't have a marking target. That is the other half of the equation that I think okay. could be. Yeah, okay. You'd be better about his head. At, yeah. Whereas Ablett is a crumbing forward who is elite at other areas of the game as a forward that, but doesn't have the body shape to be a number one or number two target. Well, once they're in finals, it'll be interesting. Will he, will he stay there? And yeah, if yeah. he does, I think, it, I think it has to be an injury. I really yeah. do. Uh, I 100% agree. But let's move on. Richmond defeat Adelaide by 47. Show of strength by Richmond and Adelaide are pretty much done. I went along to this game, sitting up the top of the G as I do, and every time every time I do that, I realise how good Richmond are. But, oh my God, it's frustrating to watch. <laughs> Adelaide, they just they just didn't move the ball quickly yeah. enough. They were beaten out of the midfield, and then their transition, there were times where they'd get a turnover, and you'd be like, this is your chance, yeah. you've got to go now, and they'll have an option on it, and they'll just hesitate for a second, and then that option's gone, and then the zone just rolls back, and it was just, it was so frustrating to yeah. watch. They And they went to war, they did not handle it well at all. Adelaide. Richmond were brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant the way they set up, but Adelaide did not handle it well at all. Yeah, and that's the thing that's changed with Adelaide. Last year, the, what was great about them was when they went, they just went yeah. full guns blazing. They didn't hesitate for a split second. Similar to Richmond. Everybody was, was, yeah, everybody was running to spots and they trusted that the player would be there and they kicked immediately. Yep. They'd hit these 45 not short passes, but like medium length passes that would just open the game up because they just knew they had faith in that kick. Yep. And that's not there anymore. It's a lot more sideways movement. It's a lot more try and hit that kick, but then stop and look for something else. Mm. Part of it, they haven't had any forward cohesion. They've missed games from Walker, Jenkins, Betts, all throughout the year. Yeah. McGovern too. But most of that, most of where it stopped from my, from my viewing of them has been through the midfield. And I guess they've missed Crouch and Sloan and Heber players. That makes sense, yeah. But their just transition through the midfield has really been affected. It was... Well, on the weekend, I can't say I watch every Adelaide game as closely as I did, but on the weekend, there were times where they could have gone. There yeah. were times where someone did crop up and the structure didn't look that bad and they could have moved it forward. And it was just lack of confidence. It was just hesitation. And Richmond are so quick. If you hesitate for half a second, yeah. they're back on it and they've set up and they've just flooded the forward line. Yeah, and, and their defence is the best in the league in desperate circumstances. Yeah. Their, their ability to recover, it's led by Rance. He's a freak at it. His ability to work back from being out of position is stunning. And they, their entire team is built off that. And if you don't go for the kill straight away, there's nothing you can do because they set up so quickly. Uh, Will, so they've got a few injuries for the first time ever. They're not Thank disastrous God. injuries, no. but there's a few of them. Yeah, it's not there's, a touch what is There's Broad, Graham, Conker. Who am I missing? Someone else. Butler. Butler. Uh, they're four useful players. Will, yeah. that, will that hurt them? <sighs> I am inclined to say no. Their so VFL right. team's been very good. For Butler, they've got Shay Bolton to come uh-huh. in, and he looks pretty good <laughs> as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Uh, they'll find they've still got heaps of players. Ellis can take a bigger role running off halfback. They've got a heap of halfbacks that have been forced out of the side. Yep. They've got Vlosten and Hooley to come back. Yep. Uh, Hooley's coming back from injury, so he may take, take a while to get going. But they've had no Vlosten due to a suspension this week and didn't really hurt them. It's... Oh, I'm not. I'm worried. I don't think they're yeah, big I, enough injuries. Graham's probably the most interesting one because he's their best pressure player. He's their best tackler. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that is still a massive point of difference for them. Their, their pressure is still so important for the way they play. It's less important than it was last year, but it's still crucial. So oh, he's probably the biggest injury in terms of being. Uh, in terms of not being as replaceable as the others. I don't want this to be interpreted as criticising any of those players. I mean, they're all very good players, but I think they're role players. They're good because they know their role in the team, and I think they have enough players who will come in and fill yeah. those roles. In the same way that we always talk about what Clarkson did at Hawthorne. I think it's An very injury, someone just comes in, plays the same role. And I think if it was Dustin Martin, no one else can do that. And mm. obviously he hasn't been as good this year, but no one else can do that. But these players... 
they might not be quite as good at the, yeah. at the role, but there'll be players who can come in and fill that role and they will still be... They're good because they are a good team and mm. they will still be a good team even with these injuries. Yeah, so it's unfortunately, bit, it's a bit disappointing. That they're, it's still gonna win the flag. <laughs> it's still, they're still going to win. It's still they're still going to win. You need a like, you need a kneecap, Rance, Cochin, and Martin, and then you're a chance. Rewald, I think, deserves a mention there. Yeah, okay. he's pretty incredible. Or you can get three out of four of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they won't win it. Okay, let's move on to our Kane Corns call of the week. Uh, we're starting with a personal favourite of mine, Wayne Carey. Uh-huh. It pains me to say this, but he was incredibly wrong this week. He made a very stupid call. Do you, do you like him just because he's North? Or oh, do you 100%. like him as a media person as well? Uh, a bit of both. I think he's quite good in the media. Um, there's some pretty interesting social implications of him being in the media still, but we'll yes, ignore but those. everyone has ignored that, so we will as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so his take was that Carlton should trade pick one for Dom Tyson, Tom Bogue and Sam Frost. This, That's absurd. That no, is just absurd. It's very Your reaction very, to this is worse, by the way. <laughs> it is a very odd take. It is uh, trades like that just don't happen. So, no. like, it, so obviously he's just trying to get a bit of attention. It's not. He doesn't actually think this trade will happen. Uh, so it's weird. None of them are best twenty-two you, players for you. Who do I honestly? Who do you think loses out of that? Who, who's the loser? Carlton lose by so much? Why they already have bad role players? Why do they need more? How on earth? Like. Sam Frost is a slightly richer man's Liam Jones. Like they're the same person. Dom Tyson, they've got plenty of. They've they got, don't have plenty of Dom Tyson. It's like Sam Tom Perry Tyson 3. has 0. been a very good and AFL Tom Bug is a... Tom Bug is little more than Matthew Wright. They are mild upgrades on the dregs they've already got. They, I, had, they would not improve Carlton from being out of last place. I would pick I, one has a chance to do that. If you we talk t- about probability when you talk about this, and pick one is so much more valuable in terms of having the potential to make you a good side than what those guys can do. Mate, if Melbourne did this trade, I would. I think I would be happy. But not not that happy. I'd be a bit... Sam Frost is very, very important to our list. We've seen what has happened. Our lever is out. We need Sam Frost. Dom Tyson, I think we can get quite a bit for him. He is a good footballer. He's been a good footballer for a long time. Bug, I don't really give a shit about. Yeah, Bug is useless. <laughs> Bugs, Sam Frost, yeah. you could get a replacement for Sam Frost off the scrap. You get one out of the VFL. Oh, There's Kieran you? Collins doing... Pretty good things in the vehicle, and he'd be just as good. Cross is a lot of you talent. Can get, mate. You can get a Lyndon Dunn off the scrap heap easily. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there is a, there is an ability to get a replacement for Sam Frost in the off season. There is an ability to get a Dom Tyson replacement in the off season. You can't replace a pick one. Like you just don't have access. Oh, of course you can replace a pick one. A pick one is. Oh, can I do my call now? It's, it's my turn for my cane call. Sure, and you can be more it's wrong. It's heavily linked in. I think pick one is the most overrated thing in football since Eddie Betts. Which means, like, extremely, <laughs> extremely overrated. Pick one is like a 50-50 chance at a superstar. Pick one? No, that's not true. Pick one is no better than pick ten. It that's all, not true It all one. comes down to development. You get, with pick one or with pick ten, you get a talented kid into your club, and then it's about how you develop them. I know you've been burnt by Melbourne's lack of development, but in other clubs, it generally is a much better chance than that. Not everyone is Tom Scully, not everyone is Jack Watts. You've been burnt by bad experiences, and I get that, but you're in a better place now. Carlton... They cannot give up pick You're one. You're only naming Melbourne players who've been average with pick one. What about Tom Boyd? What about Paddy McCartan? You can get... From pick one to ten, I don't think there is realistically any difference. But there's just this there's this weird mystique around pick one. It's just as soon as you hear pick one, people just start frothing at the mouth, and they don't think about what they're actually getting. There is a you massive are, difference. You are getting a talented kid into your club, and then you need to develop that talented kid from that point on. You get the exact same thing with pick ten. Just quietly. Well, actually, I do want to withdraw. Tom Scully's actually good, so that probably shouldn't be. He's good, good but he's there. not that good. He's not. He's People have been arguing whether you would trade pick one for Dylan Shield. Of course you would I do would that. I would not trade pick one for Are you an Shield. idiot? What are the, the chances of getting a better player than Dylan Shield with pick one is about, I reckon, about 5%. No, that is not true. How many pick ones would you say are a better player than Dylan about Shield from the them. last 10 years? About half of them. Name them. We'll get you can't that. name them. They don't exist, mate. I remember who they are. The With pick player. one, you might get Nick Rewalt. You might also get Tom Boyd. You might get Jack Watts, who's a serviceable player. You might get Luke Holt. Like There are plenty of examples of pick one coming up. Goddard. 
There are heaps of examples of Pixar. That was a off. long time, and Goddard's not that good. He's better than Dylan Shield ever was or ever mm, will be. I reckon they're pretty tight. No, Dylan Shield is an overrated player, and he's a free agent next year. Pick one is not that good, dude. It's it is not that it valuable. Is, Regardless, it's better than your dregs. I would, no I would rather have... Or GWS's sloppy thirds. All of them came from GWS in there. I would rather have three like good players than to take a punt on one, which and would this, be a complete This failure. is why you don't have Josh Kelly. And that backfired. But I don't think it did. Yeah, I, I honestly think I would rather have those two players in my You court. are wrong. Especially this if we get pick one out of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, you would have won that trade if you get that. If you yeah, get well, maybe it'll happen, mate. Maybe it'll happen. Oh, that, I cannot believe pick it. One is not that good, dude. On to on to my cane corns. Um, this is a special, this special is, type. This of is a, this is a special moment. Um, I'm going out of my way to apologise. I made a mistake a few weeks ago. I got caught up in the moment and thought Mark Fine had made one of the most egregious calls of all time. He called Magic Door the best player in the competition. And I'm here to apologise because Magic Door has just added another <laughs> string to his bow this week. He has proven that he's the most versatile player in the competition. The most versatile player in the competition. He probably is. He's played forward for a quarter and did quite well. <laughs> and he's tried to play forward in the past and has been very, very average. He's kicked six goals in a game. He, sure, he was going to be delisted as a forward. Slash Ruckman. He had two years left on his contract. Yeah. He wasn't getting delisted. He's, he was pretty much done. You knew Kicked he was four close goals to in that. a final. But now he's the most versatile player Did in the competition. Yeah, <laughs> we got flogged by Adelaide. Kicked four goals as our Did only goal now? kicker. Um, but yeah, no, he's, Magic Door is the best, most valuable, most versatile player in the competition. His <laughs> performance on the weekend was just outstanding. I said we uh, we were too Ben Brown focused, we were too reliant on our one tall forward. He moved forward and changed that with two huge goals, one of which was just brute force, throwing two albeit smaller defenders out of the way. <laughs> For smaller defenders who probably weren't trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't realise that they were on Magic Door when they went to that contest. And he just popped it through from 50 off two steps. He's just, he is a superstar. He's good at everything, Magic. And he ran half the field from the back line. Did you see that? So it's been about five weeks since Mark yeah. Fine's call. The one thing that has changed is Majak Dor played one quite good quarter. No, he, he, <laughs> he continued to be, and that's that's he completely. He continued to be the modern day Alex Rance, <laughs> and then he also showed that he was the modern day uh, Max Gordon in the ruck, or Nick Nandu is probably <laughs> <Not> better. <laughs> the Max Gordon, the modern day Nick Nandu in the ruck, and now. He's the modern... I don't have a forward comparison. I don't know. <laughs> There's none. Modern day Jack Rewell. But Lance Franklin in, in the forward line. Well, look. Well, how many players would you take that have that kind of uh, varied skill set? Tom McDonald. <laughs> Mate, I, I'm happy to hear you apologise for once in your life. I mean, the fact you're completely wrong with that apology, that, that's fine. As long as you can apologise, I'm happy to hear Mate, it. Mario Dor is an absolute... So in all seriousness, his improvement is actually ridiculous. Yes, he has improved. <laughs> like, I did not see I wouldn't that keep him forward, though. That's not going to work. Oh, no, it'd be a terrible idea. Especially once we get... <laughs> Wait and exactly. exactly. But anyway, let's move on to more games. Brisbane defeated Carlton by 65 points in what I found to be hilarious. This was just the best possible outcome. Not gold jacket, green jacket. Because it actually has been quite interesting hearing people ripping into Carlton. It's just, yeah, calling them the worst side in the AFL since Fitzroy. And that includes, like, year one GWS and Gold Coast. And, and year one and two Melbourne with Mark yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Their percentage is about ten better than we were with Neil. Their percentage is about You 62. won two games with Neil. We won two, yeah. yeah Carlton, they'll, they'll scrap one more. I, I don't think they will. <laughs> they are so bad. And they're, they're so bad and they're injured. <laughs> like... I expect, uh, the thing is, if if Melbourne play Gold Coast, I'm like, I think it's a fact we'll win. I, I don't. I think there is a possibility Carlton can put up no. an inspired performance occasionally against like a rival, which they've done a few that, times. That, that is, there's a that is you have, you were scarred by last year and nothing else. That is no part of your brain. It's irrational. We did irrational like part of, part of your brain. <laughs> like Carlton are awful. They're not good at it. What are they good at? They're good at having Patrick Cripps. That's about it. Even <laughs> having Charlie Kerno. No, but even having Charlie Kerno, they go to him so often that he gets triple teamed <laughs> and he's not as effective as he otherwise would be. 
Like, they, they've made having Charlie Kernow not as big an asset as it should be because they refuse to play anyone else that's good in their forward line. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know what their strength is. And I don't think they know what it is either. There was, it was defence yeah. for a while. And, and then, then they, they lost they, Doherty. They lost Marchbank hasn't played all year. Weedering's no, it's not, it's not just personnel, though, because they, they started yeah. trying to be more offensive and, and then they started leaking the goals. And now they're starting to think, let's try to defend again. <laughs> but I just, like... They are just a gutted club. Yeah. They've done what Melbourne did. It's a rebuild of a rebuild of a rebuild. You get to that point and you are, you are gutted. There's mm. no belief. There's no confidence. There's no there's no will to work. They, yeah. Like You get to the point, you're like, what, like, what is the point of me doing this? They're, they're just, the wheels are completely come off. And to be honest, getting Melbourne out of that was, we had a lot of help. We mm. brought in PJ and Ruzi. And yeah. that was heavily AFL endorsed. Paid I mean, them a ridiculous amount of money. And they've helped. Yeah, and to I mean, be fair, then you brought in a lot of guys from better cultures than yourself to try and change that as well. Bernie Vince was huge for yep. your club. We we recruited really well. It was, but I mean, we we needed a lot of help to get there, and that that's how hard it is mm. for Carlton. And I, I think Brendan Bolton's a very good coach, but it is so hard to turn a culture around. And Carlton have done as much tanking as we ever did. Yeah, and that that kills you. It, it guts a club. You can't do it. Yeah, I, th- I think they've been less blatant about it in a few ways and they've gotten more pass marks because they've got injuries to players that have got a higher profile than you ever did but yeah. they're not good they're awful it's gonna I, I, I revel in their pain to be honest I, like, I would definitely <laughs> if I were them I would de- like, we've had this discussion already but I would definitely trade pick one I, pick one has failed for them so much in the past get an established player a player you know is good I would to be honest, the style of trade you made for Josh Kelly, I don't think is a terrible. Hey, it's just making up. all the apologies today. I'm not making apologies. You just something up. weird happens when it's not my time. <laughs> no, you mucked out the execution because you got a not good player and a average player. So, but if you'd got if you'd got a good player and a better value out of you. Actually, your value out of the pick isn't the problem. It's the Dom Tyson isn't the star you thought he was going to be. He was very good for a while. I know, but he's not a star. If he'd been a star, I think that trade is a plus. He doesn't have to be as good as Josh Kelly is, but he's got to be better than what he's playing now. If Carlton do something like that, that's fine. Getting, I don't know, say they got a good midfielder and pick eight from Adelaide. Yeah. For pick one. That'd be fine. Unfortunately, Sloan's a free agent, so... That would be the obvious one, but yeah. that's not going to work that way. But if that was how it ended up manifesting, that would be a good idea. But they they have to get something that is culture changing, and or something elite out of that pick. And they they need stability. That yeah. that is so important. They need stability at the top end. One of the reasons Ruzi works so well is because no one questioned. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, we could actually just focus on getting better. I think the best decision they've made is extending. Uh, Bolton's contract into yeah. a real contract yeah. because with that one year rolling contract thing they had going it was just feeding media attention and do you th- this may not be the darkest this is probably as dark as it, like it's about as dark as it's going to get but I'm not sure they're going to be much better next year and it just sort of builds yeah I don't know I, I still feel like they have a core of talented players and it could but it's it's culture it's culture they need to fix up because but, they they all they end up falling off the cliff they all have they've got Kate, Kate Simpson will fall off eventually uh, Doherty may not come back at his full strength oh, next year Murphy that's speculation yeah I know but like just talking the next year it does take a little while to yeah. recover from an ACL it's Murphy, and, it's Murphy like, and Simpson is there anyone else they're really going to lose Cruiser but he's not... He's got a while left. I mean, he's always injured he's, anyway. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's just... It's dark days. We should talk about Brisbane, though. Yeah, we should say some positive words. <laughs> Shouldn't we? <laughs> I really like this Brisbane side. Like, yeah, they're I, good I, to I, re- I really believe in what they're trying to do as well. I, I'm a big fan of the way they've decided to build. I think building offensively is a much more positive way of going about... Like, it's not tanking doing what they're doing but it leaves you exposed in ways that can make you it's definitely not tanking no 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 no. But what are you saying in terms of playing an offensive game and I, I think, yeah I'd rather do that than try and bottle everything up defensively like I'd much rather experience what Brisbane's trying to do than what you and Carlton Dreddy, you were more severe circumstances so you kind of needed to stem the bleed yeah, a little bit <laughs> but with Brisbane um, yeah, you tried to do it with 
Dan Bailey the more offensive way and it didn't quite work. But for Brisbane, I think this is a really positive way of think, going about it. I think their draft picks are starting to really land and develop. Well, that's what they're doing. The way they're playing showcases their talent. Yeah. We're able to watch a Brisbane game and be like, oh, Jesus, Hitwood's really good. Yeah. He kicks six on the weekend. You're, you're able to watch a game and get excited about these And it helps where... them grow as well. It adds strings to their boat. Like Gives Jared Berry has played as an offensive midfielder forward for the first part of the year. Now he's starting to tag. Mm-hmm. And just by making him more versatile, making him more accountable through the midfield, giving him a better taste of what elite midfield work is, like it, it just builds on what he's going to be as a player. Mm-hmm. And even their average players are showing a bit. Tom Cutler screwed your fantasy team over. That's that fantastic. Hurt. I did end up losing by like 100 points, so it wasn't that hurt. Tom Cutler is a, he's, he's a mediocre player. I know, but I do like the way he moves. He's a, he'd be a good He does move player. well, yeah. He'd he be a good well. role player in a good side and yeah. if Brisbane can get to that point it'd be worthwhile hanging on to I think they've got heaps of players that can be good players in better sides and they've got what looks to be like the talent to build that better side now Rayner's really come on as the years progressed uh, McCluggage I think he's been much better in his second year Hipwood as you said Harris Andrews is a jet whenever he comes he, he, back he's genuinely really good and he's, all, long he's already one of the best defenders yep, in the league he is. there's just so much talent there and I really enjoy watching them play I've yeah, I love and and unlike Carlton, so. they, they have some stability now. Fagan yeah. will be there for a while. No one's questioning him. And they have a chance to keep building this, this list. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> they're, they're two teams who look to be going in opposite directions. They've been around the same mark, yeah. Brisbane-Carlton, and then they seem to be going separating. Yeah, and look, I'm very happy for Brisbane because they got pretty shafted towards the end of... Yeah. They, they, after what happened with the go-home five, it's good to see... And they... The stability has led to no one really saying they want out. There's little scuttlebutt about Beams, but... I don't I, I don't buy it. He, he's denied it so vigorously. Oh, he didn't deny it that vigorously. Oh, really? Week. Yeah, he said... He's honest, this, he's just been he like, said, this is I'll be crap. seeing out my contract at this stage on the weekend. How long's the contract? Two years. Okay. So... I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I hope he stays. But anyway, let's move on. We've got more Brisbane questions later that we can get to. Uh, Hawthorne defeated the Bulldogs by 63 points. This was... A, Pretty disappointing performance from the dogs. Yeah, I was I was tempted to tip the doggies actually. Oh, I know, I wish I, you had. <laughs> I think I look four ahead of you now, man. I, I'm I'm making a late charge. Uh, yeah, we tipped the exact same this week, didn't we? No, nah, because I didn't put my tips in on Friday, <laughs> so I got the tip. But anyway, anyway, I I really thought the doggies were were a bit of a sniff. They've been in good form. They've been showing a little bit, but uh, and they were in the first half. It was back to the doggies we've been seeing. The first half was quite a good game of footy, and then, yeah, well, they played uh, embarrassing after that. They played about what's what's that? Ten quarters of good footy in a row, and then the last half just got ugly. Yep, Hawthorne really needed to do that kind of thing. Their percentage was the worst at going into the round. Now they're pretty comfortably ahead of a couple of clubs on percentage. Okay. And with their draw, they really should make finals now. Oh, I, I think they definitely will. I think I had them fifth or sixth when I did my ladder predictor there. They're looking like they'll definitely make it. Um, I do have to say one thing to you. It's not quite an apology, but a little bit. Luke Bruce had one very good game, and all of a sudden his stats are starting to stack up. Like you he is really good. Well, he kicked six, didn't he? Yeah, he and all of a sudden six. he's like third in the goal. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, he has had a really good year. Yeah, he's been really good. <laughs> yeah, um, no, you did lie, well he played. He had another fantastic game against North, where he gave me the absolute shit. So that was so that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, he's playing well, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Hawthorne, they've had an easy draw, but they'll. Um, yeah, I'm almost certain they will make the eight. Yeah, that's disappointing for my personal brand, but uh, <laughs> my <laughs> personal vendetta. Yeah, yeah. But I still don't think... Especially if they knock good. North out. Oh, that'd be brutal. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to the segment with everybody's favourite theme It's music. back, Banjo. It is back. It's exciting. I we have absolutely staggered by the fact that you've brought this back. I'm really impressed. You've shown more fortitude than I ever have with a segment. Lasted longer than Aaron Allwatch already. But oh, we hold the... on, hold on. I got like four weeks out of Aaron Allwatch. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> we they had... went four in a row, but they were four times. Last week, Banjo, we had the great unveiling. The great first time for a segment. We've now got the sequel. It's back. They're calling it the Empire Strikes Back of podcast segments. It is the return of the great segment. The Godfather segment. 2 of podcast it segments. It is time for <laughs> Billy Gower's Watch. Billy, Billy. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. 
Yeah, look, Banjo, he, he, he had a bit of a quiet one. <laughs> he had a really, really quiet one. Uh, his stats on the weekend, uh, seven disposals, six of them kicks. Oh, at least uh, he was more damaging. Two marks, zero tackles, and one goal one. But he kicked a goal. Now, I can't say I've had a chance to watch his goal, but I'm assuming it was good because it was Billy Cowes. Hey, Melbourne were playing at the same this time. This is an absolute disgusting It's not disgusting, after, mate. After he had me. a quiet one. Even God had a rest day, Banjo. Don't don't forget that. He had a quiet week. But next week, it'll be back and it'll be better. You, you, normally, it's me with the Bible reference. Look at you getting all holy on this <laughs> Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to compare old Billy to God. I mean, he's that yeah, good. Yeah, true. It does make sense. It's, um, just, it's apparent. Run next to the other. You can't tell the difference. But yeah, look, week two, he, he let us down slightly. But we'll be back better next week. <laughs> I can't believe, uh, believe I let you do this. Anyway, let's move on to top five. Which... It's back! The top five is back, Banjo! <laughs> it is the Empire Strikes Back uh, of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're doing top five sloppiest rigs. Uh, we're going historically with a bit of a current flavour as well, just to... You know, we've keep all, we've always wanted grounded. to do sloppiest rigs, and I've been excited to have a chance to get back yeah, into the top five and do let's it. Let's be honest, I just didn't have anything better to do, so I finally gave into your bedroom. Nah, nah there's more than you realise. It's it's quite good. But uh, who, who's starting? Uh, I'll let you kick it off, given it's your baby. I'm starting five. I've got a bit of a classic one here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not not just a great player, like an absolute champion. Uh, Plugger. Yep, Plugger was 100%. not in good shape. He was a big unit. <laughs> And it wasn't all muscle. He's not anymore. Yeah, no, it's crazy. He's now very, very true. What's incredible about this is, yeah, the turnaround. Do you reckon him being that big made him better? Because he just, he just smashed In that people. era. He In absolutely era. smashed Apparently people. Apparently he did that, that as a kid as well when he was lean. So it wasn't just his size. Okay. Yeah, it couldn't have hurt in an era where you just had to lead out of the goal square. <laughs> He's, he did not Being have a great an absolute hit. unit. Uh, I've gone for my five, Stevie Motlos. This, why? Stevie Motlos did this really So th- th- this is not this is not a uh, perpetual one. Much like Tony Lockett, he's turned his body around. But one uh, preseason, he came back to Geelong with what was a definite muffin top. <laughs> like, it is bad. <laughs> okay, I realise he doesn't have great <laughs> great off seasons. Uh, uh, he, he came back. Looking like yeah, my dad. <laughs> right, <laughs> he was not in good shape. He looked like he'd uh, had a few too many churros. <laughs> must, was... He must have uh, trimmed down a fair bit by the season because I don't remember ever looking at him. Yeah, he got fat. he got a lot of criticism for it. it was about a year after he signed a pretty big contract with Geelong yeah, okay. and just um, yeah, his attitudes lived, lived a bit too well for a while. <laughs> okay, all right, that's your five. Uh, my four, I've got another absolute great of the game. <laughs> Dane Swan. Hey, now, this was Famously quite, sloppy. Yeah, it, he had an infamously yeah sloppy rig. Uh, he, he wasn't that out of shape, but you knew he enjoyed himself. No. He wasn't someone who ate healthy all yeah, the time. And he what's, liked his What's floppies. crazy about it is that he was... One of the fittest players in the competition. But His how, repeat sprints were just. But how insane. much of that was how well he used the interchange? He became so much of a better yeah. player once the interchange rotation. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if his endurance was actually that good. Yeah, maybe. But his ability to go again and again and go hard while doing it was what set him apart as a footballer. But uh, the. Nothing will beat when on Anzac Day he rubbed his belly <laughs> after being criticised or preseason. Yeah, that. yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, that that was a real that. highlight. Uh, I've gone for my four, man close to my heart. Uh, 1999 Rams I, I like star. this one. Like All this Australian, one. about 2000, 2001. Norm Smith medalist. Actually, man, close to both our hearts. Yeah, yeah, play yeah, for you. Byron Pickett. He was quite uh, useful at the day. Choppy. Fantastic player. I like this one. You know what I think it is with Byron Pickett? I reckon throughout his career, I reckon his weight stayed exactly the same. But it changed between being fat <laughs> the, the and being muscle. muscle. Atrophied. <laughs> there were times when you looked at him and thought he's a bit of a unit. And yeah. then there were other times where you're like, well, no, he's, you, he's you look just at his, um, You look at his... Like, I've watched a lot of premiership highlights from 99, and you look at him there, and he's like, lean... And he's like knocking people out left, right, and centre, and it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, he was a real unit at times. And then you look at him in like that poor uh, premiership photo, yeah. and you're like, "You did well to win a North Smith medal. It's, it's incredible. It really is. That's what I love about all these. A lot of them are great players. Yeah, who did it without being in that good of shape. Yeah, I, he's an underrated footballer as well, Byron. Pink. Yeah, he was a great. He's he was a really one of the player. better 
Aboriginal players. He became well known for other incidents on the field. (laughs) Which kind of overshadowed his talent, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm going with a... My number three is a a modern-day one. Um, Picked up on him on the weekend. This is a seriously, seriously sloppy rig. I can't believe you've got him this this early. I thought you were saving I've watched him play before and I always thought it, but it shocked me on the weekend. He's not... He doesn't just have a he belly. He looks like a whiteboard. He, he's got a fat, fat face as well. He, he is not in good shape at all, Sean Darcy. Um, I actually think he's quite a reasonable footballer. Again, another yeah. fat person who's not too bad at footy. But like, I reckon he, his rig's worse than McGovern's, I think. Which is a big, it's a big call. Oof. McGovern's got like... He doesn't have any shape to him. It's just like his arms are just, you know, thick. Kind of, yeah, they're just I, thick without any Sean Darcy definition. thick as well, though. Yeah, but he, he looks fat. Yeah, um, but they, I think the difference is McGovern's 26 and is that his muscle actually build where this kid's just... I reckon I reckon he had 20 kegs on Max. And I know Max has trimmed down a lot, but that's, that's, that's pretty Yeah, Max good. is actually pretty skinny these days. Yeah, he is. It's actually disconcerting to watch. As long as he's playing well. <laughs> uh, I've gone another man close to my heart. Because uh, of your heart? Yeah, close to my boy. Uh, it was not your boy. This man in 2007, <laughs> I think, won me a single fantasy game uh, by scoring 100 points off my bench. And ever since then, he's possibly been my favourite ever Melbourne player. Uh, Austin Wanamiri. I don't know how to spell his name, and uh, if you looked at the uh, rundown, you'd, you'd <laughs> you notice I didn't really I try. Do. I do, because he is my boy. <laughs> I love this man. This was, but he didn't keep in shape, and that's probably what contributed to the shortness of his career. Even he had one good year, and even when he was playing well, he was pretty chubby. <laughs> and then he went away back to the Tiwi Islands for a, an off season, and he came back, and he was fat, and he played one game. And he was terrible. <laughs> like he was so out of shape and so far below <laughs> AFL shape. But he, he was such a lovable guy, though. Oh. I mean, I will all it'll be etched in my memory him kicking those match winners against the, Frio. Yeah, the four goals the against Frio and his celebrations. Insane. And uh, he was a really likable. Yeah, with guy. about ten people there, it was just. It was an incredible occasion. But look, I'm heavily one-upping you on the cult figure stats. <laughs> My number two, the great man, Relton Roberts. Yeah, no, this is so <laughs> This is so <laughs> You hear stories about him in like uh, pre-season. He'd do the thing where he'd, they'd be doing like hill sprints and he'd jump on the tram and stuff like that. Or, I think I've heard stories of him jumping in the bushes as they're running the tan and then jumping out to kind of make it look like he'd run Surely that's like Chuck Norris' story. Surely. Oh, quite possibly, quite possibly. But, I mean, he looked like it. <laughs> He was never in good shape. And everyone had him in their fantasy team. Eddie and Terrell, oh. like everyone. And I think he played He played two games, I think, and had about, uh, combined oh. about five disposals. What I loved about Relton Roberts is, because of the Tiger shorts, I could never tell where his legs ended when his shorts oh, mate, you can't say that. You can't say that. Oh, he's, a, he's a great man, Melton. We love him. Uh, I've gone another all-time great yeah. in the sloppy rig uh, arena. Stewie Jew. This uh, is a good one. Uh, I, I put dibs on him because he's now coaching my boys on the Gold Coast, so another one I've put an abstract um, connection with. Yeah, yeah. Massive fan of Stewie Jew, and unbelievably, he was, was not much better when he was playing as he is right now. He's, you look at the highlights <laughs> of the 2008 Grand Final, he's like best on ground nearly, and doing it while... Looking like he was speaking of milk carton. Speaking of things which are etched in my memory, the the watching him win the game for Hawthorne when he was genuinely fat. Is, yeah. it's an amazing thing that that could happen. And brilliant pick up from Alistair Clark. Oh, absolutely, absolutely he, genius. He, Alistair Clarkson had um, coached at Port as an assistant, hadn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he'd retired, and he said yeah. he's like, I want him to win us a flag, and he did. Um, I don't know how because he was fat, but <laughs> I wish he'd won the Norm Smith Medal. It would have made the story so much better. I'm pretty happy with my number one because it's not only a sloppy rig; he's also an incredibly ugly man, <laughs> Lance Whitnell. <laughs> I love that guy. You've gone cold here. <laughs> like he's getting brutal. He just reminds me of my childhood, uh, Lance Whitnell. You always had a chuckle. Yeah, Lance Whitnell as well. Well, at one point he was a like a superstar in the league, and then by the time I sort of became a conscious football fan he was still talked about as though like remember when he was really good except he was fat and couldn't do anything anymore and was always injured and it's like why are you talking about this guy as though he's good he's yeah, done yeah, captain yeah. at one point and it just didn't make any he sense just, he just didn't look like an AFL player in any way Lance <laughs> Oh, but uh, my number one's the poster boy for the modern day sloppy rig, Jeremy McGovern. He is a poster boy because it, it stands out. 
It really stands out on AFL yeah. field. He's, he's the best player with a sloppy route going around in the league at the moment. And Absolutely. he's probably the only... He's the only sort of rocket... Rapid ascension we've seen with the sloppy rig in a long time. He's just, he's just an absolute star, and he does it looking like he's still playing country football. Yeah, well, they say he used to be really fat, and then he cut down, and that's what's made him I, good. Yeah, I cannot imagine what exactly. It is. <laughs> like he's still just not in shape, but he is really good. He is really, really. Yeah, good. I, I did also want to just throw out an honourable mention to Stephen May, who Caroline Wilson is saying because he's gotten a little bit sloppy, he's definitely looking out of the goal. I haven't noticed now. him being sloppy. No, neither. I think he's just always been thick. <laughs> but Caroline Wilson's using it as though as a uh, reason that he's going to yeah. Collingwood. So props to her. Classic Caro. Eh? Uh, speaking of Collingwood, they defeated Essendon by sixteen points in what was pretty authoritative performance in the end. Yeah, it was a real. Real arm wrestle. Yeah, um, and then they just ran game. away. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, did, they didn't really. Like, they went to four or five. Halfway through the last quarter, I thought Essendon were going to win it. And they just... They, I mean, Pendlebury just lifted them, yeah. really. I think it was 14 touches, six clearances in the last quarter. And as many clearances as the entire Essendon side in the last I, quarter. I think something I'm starting to realise with Pendlebury is... I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I said to you, I think he's dropped off a bit the last couple of mm. years. I've changed my opinion on that. I don't think he's got worse. I think he's become a better captain. I, I, I reckon he's. It's a bit of the Trent Cochin effect. It's it's picking his spots a bit better. He, well, he's come to realise that he doesn't have to be dominant. He's yeah. one man in a very good midfield, and he's playing more of a team role. And he's not getting quite as much of the ball. And he's not when you watch it, you don't think Jesus Pendlebury's dominating nearly as much. You, mm. Like you don't you don't do that as much, but. Because they're starting to become a good team now, we're starting to watch it a bit closer. We're starting to see, oh, he's actually doing things differently. It doesn't mean he's getting worse. We're, I mean, if Cochin, if Cochin, if Richmond was still Richmondy, if they were still Richmond that we knew and loved, yeah, you'd think he just dropped off. I, I think people would be criticising him, saying what happened to Cochin. Mm. But it's because they're winning. People are looking at it a bit closer and realising he's just being a captain. And Pendlebury took the shackles off for a quarter and just went yeah. for it. And we, he reminded us how good he is. He, they really need him to step back and be more dominant with Trelaw out. And he did it in a pretty important game. Essendon have been in good form. They're one of the better form sides in the competition yep. at the moment. This is a very good win. And yes, they had a fairly nice rubbery green from the umpires. And yes, yeah. they had an injury in the first quarter. but And a couple more that were playing a bit uh, impaired. But... Collingwood brought it when it mattered, and it's those kind of wins that make you have more faith in a side. They weren't necessarily their best all day, but when it mattered, they were. I think the game was the way Collingwood wanted it to be for most of the day. It was an arm wrestle, and I was actually quite impressed that Essendon played as well as they yeah, did. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like the, at the contest, Essendon were first to the ball quite often for a lot of the day, and it, it was good from Collingwood to not play their best and to be able to get over the line. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty convinced Collingwood will be prelim final every chance for a grand final. It's between them and Port Adelaide for the spot against Richmond, I think. Yeah, I think West Coast need to get their players back now to be a real shot. They've actually got a tough run home, West Coast. Yeah, but they do get Kennedy and Darling back either this week or next. Yeah, so, and which obviously helps. I think they were the, in, in all honesty, I think West Coast... Well, we may as well move on to West Coast GWS, unless you've got anything else to say. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Um, they won by 11 points. But for West Coast, I think when they were had both their key forwards, they were the best side in the competition. And they're the only team I think is actually... Set. Were they better than Richmond? I, I think they were. They beat, they, they beat Richmond comfortably. They didn't beat Richmond. They smashed home, no. Yeah, but... Like, what else can you do? Like, and oh, they were no, they only lost one game over that period. They won away pretty consistently in that period. Mm. Yeah, ten and one, and having beaten Richmond by ten goals or whatever they did. Like, I I think you, they have a case at least to say they were the only side that made themselves look better than Richmond for a period of time this year. Yeah, if they get Kennedy and Darling back and recapture that form, I think they're the only side I can see. Causing Richmond damage. Unfortunately, I don't think it'll matter because it'll be on the G when they play. Yes. But they're the only team that has a real chance of saying, we are better than you to Richmond. Quite often, it's not as simple as that. We think someone's going to come back in and it's just going to change things and they'll just be back to what they were. But confidence goes and form goes and structure goes. Look at it with Adelaide. 
We looked at it with exactly. GWS. No, not, out of like, yes, they've had injuries, but like nothing really should have changed that much. But they just lose a bit of confidence, and it just doesn't. They don't. They don't get yeah. the same connection. There, there the, was the chemistry. There was time when the injuries mattered, but they're starting to come get everyone back now, and it hasn't clicked in the same way it was last year. And that's because of yeah, that connection's just been lost. Yeah. West Coast, I hope don't have the same, that same problem because watching them play at the start of the year was. Just a pleasure. But, but West Coast play; was... they play with connection though as well. They yeah. know where they're going and they have a real system. And I, I, like, I don't know if it'll be as simple as yeah. you bring in two forwards and the system will be back and they'll be good again. Yeah, that's that, that's true. Um, for GWS, a team that has pretty similar problems, uh, they probably needed to win this game, but they gave it a real shot. Yeah, I, mean, I honestly thought West Coast season's over for a little while. GWS were in front. In yeah. the last quarter and playing good footy, um, which is tough away from home with that hostile mm. crowd. Um, they really sort of stuck it up to them in the last quarter for a period. Yeah, and they probably just didn't capitalise, which is their problem. They missed quite a few really gettable shots, and if they had a, they done they, they could have put the nail in the coffin. They absolutely could have won. There was a period there where it felt like they were about to break it. Mm. Yeah, um, and West Coast hung in there and they got the win to keep their season on track. I it, I know it's not going to. Day like this, but McGovern forward. I'm just, I, I just no. don't think it works. He, he, what he's good because he's a smart defender. He knows where where to go. Yeah, he's he's got unbelievable hands, but that's his. That's the only probably physical AFL skill that sets him apart. The rest is all judgment. Yes, and, and judgment in the back line. And like, judgment in the back line is so much easier to do than judgment in the forward line. Yeah, the forward judgment in the forward line also requires hard work, which. You can't zone off in the forward line. You can't do all the really clever things that McGovern does because people True. are watching you. You've got to lead up the ground. When McGovern's in the uh, when McGovern's in the back line, he's watching everybody else and making yeah. the decisions. It, it's not up to him in the forward line, and that hampers his ability to outsmart people. And I he, think he's much more effective. He had a good last line. quarter, but he looked a bit lost yeah. to me. I just that that's not that won't work. It, and it, they need, that's why they need Kennedy. It is simply that. harder to play in the. Forward line than the back line. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but let's move on to Poochie's mailbag. Yep. Uh, I actually credited it with his proper title. Well you, done, Banjo. First time ever. <laughs> and we've got one from uh, Poochie himself to start off with. Uh-huh. And it's, should Tom Lynch announce where he's going next year, given that he's injured? Uh, I, I don't think we're quite there yet. No. I, I think we will get there one day where, at, at this point, someone might. I, I think that's possible. But I, I think there would be a serious sort of outcry if he did. I don't think the game is quite ready for it. Yeah, the follow-up question was, does the AFL need to be more open to a player announcing there will be a different club? And you've sort of given way yeah, well, I, about that. I, I think it's inevitable. Like Whether they should or shouldn't, I don't know. I, I, like... I don't see the point. I think okay. it's more hurtful than anything else. I would be incredibly pissed off if Ben Brown said he was leaving at this point in the year. But, but if you're like, professional about it, if you're able to be mature about it and be like, well, but, at least now we can start planning ahead. But footy is only a profession for the footballers. For for the fans, it's an emotional game. But the fans need to realise it's a profession. In other sports, they do. The, what other sports? It's NF, NRL. Yeah. They don't do it in NBA. They don't do it in NFL. They barely do it in soccer. Well, okay, well, NRL shows that it can work. Yeah, the NRL's a shit sport with shit culture. It's a I shit don't want to follow it. But that doesn't mean that they're wrong in terms of player movement. But I don't think I don't think it offers anything to anybody to do it. No, but you can start planning ahead. You can yeah, start being like, alright, we know you're gone now. All right. Tell tell the let's, manager, let's think don't about, make it public. Let's think about making Mason Wood better now. But like, like the 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 team would know, would have a much better idea already than what the public do they? knows. Do we do that? I reckon the players keep it very close to their chest. I would not I would not make it public. Maybe tell the list manager, maybe tell the players, but making it public I think is more harmful than it is good. I, I, there needs to be a cultural change before they can do it, but I, I think I think there's a fair chance we'll get there one day. I don't think we're it's, gonna, a, it's a while away. I don't think we're going to get a choice. Someone's just going to do it, and that's what yeah. going to be what yeah. happens. Well, then we'll get used to it. Uh, this one's from you, from your cousin. Yeah, <laughs> new person sending in questions. What's his name? Uh, Ewan. Correct. Ewan is correct. <laughs> I said it very typically. Uh, this one is for Scott, so he uh, kind of gives away. That yes. Uh, what did you think of Salem's game on the weekend, and where do you think Goody should be playing him through the middle or floating across halfback? It is an interesting one with Salem. I-, I have really high expectations from him at the start of the year, and he has almost hit them. 
Like, he's been good. He's been very serviceable and very He's been important. a bit up and down, hasn't he? Uh, he started really slow. Uh, he's been pretty good since then. And he's the sort of player who will get 20 touches and you'll be like, that That was useful. Because yeah. he's such a good in user and he's so clean. He, he was brilliant on the weekend. Um, in terms of his positioning, I think he has to be across half-back. I think ideally he's a midfielder. I think if he had his idea role, he's a midfielder. But we have so many midfielders. And he's one player mm. who can play in another position and be useful. You can't put Viney off half-back. You can't put Clayton Oliver off half-back. So it's one of those things like... Petrarca's forward because he's probably the only one who's good enough to play forward and still be useful when he should be a midfielder. Same with Salem. Salem should be a midfielder, but he's the best at being off a half-back. So I think he has to stay there. And he's a good footballer. He's a really good footballer. Yeah, not quite worth Josh Kelly, though. <laughs> um, if you put Tyson on top of it. <laughs> Next one, we've got a couple of questions from the Corrali brothers, and I don't remember which one said which, so I'll ask him as a tandem. They're uh, Brisbane related. <laughs> who will be the 2021 Norsemith medalist? A, Hugh McCluggage, <laughs> B, Alex Witherden, or C, Cam Rayner? Do I have to pick out of those three? Is Apparently, that, that no, that's the constraints. <laughs> All right, um... I like Witherden. I'm a real fan of Witherden. Yeah, me too. I think he's my he favourite of really the really classy. Rainer's shown signs, but it's too early to say. Yeah, I think Rainer is the most likely to be a top five yeah, player in the Yeah, he probably has a bigger ceil- ceiling, yeah. And McCluggage is just a good-at-everything midfielder. Like, he's just a, a guy yeah. you can just slide in a midfield, and he makes it better in pretty much every facet. Yeah. Uh yeah, the follow-up question was, will Brisbane win its next three-peat in 2019 to 2021, 2020 to 2022, or 2021 to 2023? Um, Notice how all of them fit the criteria for the first question as well. <laughs> the correct, it's weird. The correct answer is always C, so I'm going to go with a later one. But uh, Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Um, oh, I've the next I, I got assurances from them that they didn't actually mean to send those two questions. They're just so freakishly similar, though. Like, it's yeah. not just Brisbane related. Yeah, it yeah. has to have been Nature collusion. versus nurture doesn't really get any proof on that. It's just too similar both ways. It has to have been collusion. But do, what, what's your answer, mate? Uh, <laughs> well, I think North will win the 2019-20 flag, so 2021 to 2023. Okay, okay so we both got same. Yeah, we And how many Norm Smiths were with it and win? Just the one? Or? Uh, yeah, well, the other or two 2021. I think that's the okay. It's, okay. It's so who win yeah. twenty one? The other two will win twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I do want to say for a team that's won their for the first time they've won two games in a row for like three years, you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. <laughs> I do like Brisbane. I, I hope I hope it happens for them. Yeah, it's to be honest. This is like when you got to be happy for the first time in like ten years. It was like it was cute for the first bit, but if they start getting good, I'm sure this will find. I'll find this. Oh crazy. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it happens every time. Yeah, same with the dogs. I turned on them real quick. <laughs> you always hated the dogs. You were just a That's grumpy true. person. But anyway, that just about wraps up this week's Pubs and Footy podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.